been away a long time, when you finally log back into your podcast account and realize that it's not Anchor anymore, it's Podcast by Spotify. Well, whatever the case, welcome back to Get Right To It with your boy Chris Stevens. And I did not plan to be away for two months from podcasting, I'll say. But the way the first quarter of 2023 has kicked your boy's ass, well, that's just the way the cookie has crumbled for me. I have literally had my world tumble in a lot of respects. And I've had to pick myself back up. And the hardest part about doing this is missing out on having someone to talk to about it. Because I've talked about, you know, being in therapy before. I had to give up therapy because my old job wasn't paying well enough. And then, of course, shenanigans occurred with this most recent place of employment. So I am trying to wing this shit alone, literally alone. Like, I was so hyped up to be able to distance myself from a living situation that I was not fond of, that getting back out on my own was something that I desired greatly. And now I've literally just spent the last six months of my life alone trying to figure out who it is I am, what it is I can do, and where to go from here. Because February was not, January wasn't kind to me after I recorded the most recent episode of this podcast. And then February turned out to be even worse. March has just been a period of trying to pick the pieces back up, put the wheels back on the car, and get this bitch back on the road. So that is why I have been MIA for two months. And it's not that it hasn't been a lot going on that I haven't wanted to discuss. Because, I mean, the world just keeps on turning. I mean, we've got so much to discuss in this particular episode. And we will get right to it, pardon the pun, in a, in a short minute. But I wanted to at least give you guys somewhat of an explanation for my absence. But I hope not to have any more absences as I want to get back to recording and publishing and releasing episodes once a week, at least. You know, there's so much to talk about. I plan to have guests on. The one thing about this podcast, the renaming of it from the Chris Pods and Things show to get right to it was to talk about writing. And I plan to talk about writing with some of my writing ass writer friends and colleagues. So this is something that will probably come to fruition sooner rather than later. Because I have a couple of people who are interested in coming on. So they'll be the first guests that you hear in this reformatted era of Get Right To It. And of course, for me, it's still going to be a place where I talk about culture, society, dating, sex, music, anything else. Personal stories that I feel inclined to share. Probably will end up sharing some things in this particular episode now that I'm starting to feel like getting back to normal a little bit. So this particular episode is just a welcome back of sorts. Still going to be some things we're going to talk about. There's one thing I want to talk about in particular that has grated my nerves ever since this particular piece of media and art has been released. But we'll get, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to a few other things that are on my mind. But I wanted to give you guys, again, an explanation of where I've been, why I've been MIA, and hopefully I won't be MIA anymore. So welcome back aboard. And without further delay, let's get right to it. One thing that I've come to loathe about society in general is how uptight we are about our bodies and expression of that, especially in a sexual form, because, I mean, I've talked about it before. I had a sexual awakening like years ago, and I won't get too much into detail with that. That's something I don't want to discuss solo, honestly. You know, that's something I feel better about in company. So maybe that'll be another episode to get right to at some point down the line. But I'll just say that I've learned that being approved doesn't do anybody any favors. And I'll say that judging what other people do, do 
judging what other people do with their bodies doesn't do us any favors either. Why am I saying that? Because once again, young Chloe Bailey has raised the ire of some people who are just determined to either hate this girl and any and everything that she does. If you're not familiar with the latest hullabaloo, let me update you. There is an there is a limited series on Amazon Prime, which I need to watch, called Swarm, because it features one of my favorite actresses, Dominique Fishback. I've been a Dominique Fishback fan since she was on The Deuce back, on, back in the HBO days. And if you haven't ever watched The Deuce, you need to see if you can find that on HBO Max or whatever. It's a limited series, ran three seasons. It's about prostitution and porn in New York from the early 70s to the mid-80s. It was a great show. Another David Simon masterpiece. You know, David Simon, the guy behind The Wire and Stream and all of that. But, yes, Dominique Fishback stars in Swarm. But, Chloe, Chloe Bailey also has a role in Swarm. And the first episode, according to people who have watched, is a sex scene featuring her and Domson Idris, who, of course, is better known as Franklin Saint on Snowfall, which is on FX. Now, Chloe Bailey is 24 going on 25 years old. This is an adult woman who is very cognizant of her choices, how she presents herself, how she presents her music, how she presents her acting chops. Now, I'll say this. Sex scenes in the 21st century, especially in the 2010s and 20-teens, have kind of sort of jumped the shark because what do they really add to a lot of television shows and movies? Not too much. And this is coming from somebody who has written erotica and loves, you know, healthy adult film stuff. But the sex scenes that people put in these shows nowadays, they really just don't add too much to anything. And while I haven't watched the entirety of Swarm yet, I probably will at some point. But the sex scenes just don't add anything. But again... Why are people so upset with whatever Chloe Bailey chooses to do with her body? I don't know, but I can tell you it's getting on my last good nerve because let's be clear about this. 24, 25 is just about that time when your frontal lobe as an adult officially starts to form. And I can tell you that at 24 and 25 years old, while not as sexy and not as open about my body as I was with Chloe Bailey, I was still trying to figure out who the hell I was, too. From a professional standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I was trying to finish up my degree while I was still working simultaneously. Like, I literally was, wasn't sure whether I was coming and going, pardon the pun. But I knew that I was going to figure it out eventually. And I did, for the most part. And I say that now at 41, going on 42, once again, starting over from whatever standpoint you want to um, pick. But what bothers me about all the attacks that Chloe is getting is that people seem to feel like they have all the answers and they don't because you don't have what she has. And this is saying and this is, you know, me just being real with y'all like Chloe Bailey is a very attractive young woman. Like she's shapely. She has the doe eyed look like, you know, she she can sing like she. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like whatever she does is just like so absurd and outstanding and outrageous that it's like, wow, she really needs to tone it down. It's like she's a hot 24, 25 year old woman, young woman figuring out who it is, who she is, how she wants to present herself 
and what works for her. Those of us who are 24 and 25 were not nearly as hot as Chloe Bailey and not nearly as in demand. So why are people picking on this girl when we all did some of the same shit? We just weren't as hot while we were doing it. Like what does 15, 20, 30 seconds, however long that scene was of her legs and her butt, you know, hurting you. I'll be glad when somebody answers that for me. And why isn't Damson Idris getting the same backlash? Oh, I know why. I already know why. Because it's always on the woman. It's always on women. And it's not fair to these young women and the women of today or the women of yesterday, honestly, because that's why a lot of these guys are running around here scared to death, quite frankly. Because they know that the women of today have been molded and shaped as the great Solomon Missouri says, born into the fires of Rihanna and the fires of chaos, that they're just not going to go for the same bullshit that their predecessors did. And a lot of the predecessors that are, you know, in my age range, honestly, late 30s, early 40s, they ain't going for it anymore either. So you trying to hold these women to a standard that no longer exists and that they're no longer afraid of, you know, not meeting just doesn't work. So if, I mean, what, if Chloe Bailey's butt and legs are getting the brunt of the uh, backlash, why isn't Damson Idris's chest and hips getting the same and thrust getting the same, you know, pushback? Pardon the pun. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? You know, we talk about, I mean, we can talk about this all day long. I've talked about it before. The problem that we have with sex in a heteronormative sense is that it's always something that's done to women and not something that women want to do. Because it's so funny because a lot of guys will judge a woman for her partners. And I told this, I told this story before. If you missed this story, it was someone that I was conversing with on social, on, uh, on the internet many moons ago. And she talked about how she went on vacation, had her first white boys. And I said, wow, you really just got loose on vacation. And this was me in my early 24, 25, just about honestly. So if I'm judging women at 24, 25 for the same shit that I wish I could be doing just with women, like I can tell you now, my sex life in my 20s and my 30s was shit. Well, until my mid 30s, I'll say. Mid 30s got a little better thanks to the, uh, the anonymous Wonderland that was uh, Craigslist, and I'll you know spare you the details on that. But I think that a lot of times we're just judging women solely off of you know an old standard because it's some like I said from a heteronormative standpoint, sex is something that is done to women and not something that women want to do or something that is equally shared in. And a lot of guys feel like. You know, women who have sex with multiple partners of men are devaluing themselves. Well, that leads me to this. What do we as men think of ourselves if women having sex with us devalues them? Because if you are as if you got the if you got the juice or what the kids say riz nowadays, somebody has to explain riz to me. I don't know what the hell. Is it's probably the same thing as juice or game. We called it game back when I was a teenager. <laughs> Tell you how long ago that was. 
and I've always called it juice, but you know, if you if you got the riz and these and these women are willing to trust you with their bodies and are turned on and attracted enough to you to say, yes, you can get this, why is that a problem? Why shouldn't you be counting your blessings? Why are you looking a gift horse in the mouth or a gift woman in the coochie? Please help me understand. Because I can tell you now, I was, you know, when I was in college, I went to an HBCU and people were fucking. Yes, they were. Chris wasn't fucking. And Chris looked down on people who were fucking because he was so insecure and projecting his issues on everybody else that he wished he was fucking and he just wasn't fucking. And that's the fucking point. So let's 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 reverse this a little bit. Let's be honest with ourselves. If women are cheapening themselves by having sex with men, then men have to be honest with how we see ourselves. Like we're not worthy. And we know when and if we have this feeling of feeling like we're not worthy, it's because we do a lot of ass backwards shit that leads women to feeling like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have fucked with him. Like, golly, what was I thinking? Or maybe men just are trash. And we're all still learning. Like, I'm not absolving myself from this conversation. Like, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out the best way to proceed from a dating standpoint, because even though I'm okay with losing weight and feeling like, okay, now I'm feeling like I'm good enough for the sex life that I didn't have in my 20s and for most of my 30s, women my age range just aren't going for that. And that's their right. And I'm not, and I've had to learn that, okay, I can't be upset because I'm late to the party and maybe the party's over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I feel like we have to be real mindful of how we treat ourselves in terms of how we deal with women. Because if we look at women as being like, you know, cheapened because they're sleeping with us or sex is something that we have to game them out of or trick them out of, or in some cases, guys do coerce them out of. Why can't it just be that women are sexual beings and they have a phys physiological need for or for pleasure, desire, climax, and they, from a heterosexual standpoint, want to feel that from a man? Why doesn't, why, why isn't that something that we should be openly rejoicing about? Because if you remember, you know, if you remember the days before you had sex and everybody else was doing it or people that you knew were doing it were bragging about it, it made you feel terrible. And then when you finally got on board, it was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And then now all of a sudden, because someone else, your big bro or this dude that you feel like has the answers is telling you that women cheapen themselves by having sex with multiple men. Now it's like, oh, wow, I need to I need to. This is myself and women who are open, who are, you know, looking for fun, who are interested in pleasure, who are interested in different facets of sex. And I don't get it because if that's what we've wanted this whole time, why are we being so clutch our pearls about the shit? That's all I want to know. Because to me, it feels like this would be an opportune time for people who like the no strings attached thing to really dive into that. But then again, it goes back to my original point. Maybe a lot of guys just don't see themselves as being worthy of the women who they really want or desire. It's the whole Madonna whore complex. 
It's come back. It's bit. It's bitten men in the ass time and 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 time. Time again. Y'all gonna have to excuse the raspiness in my voice because I'm getting over a cold, man. I felt like I got hit by a fucking truck last week, and I'm just now getting over it. Middle of this week, but so that's why my voice sounds so doggone crazy. But closing this segment out, let's just be honest with ourselves with how we see women and sex from a heteronormative standpoint. Men, we have to be better. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We got to be better. We can talk about, you know, doing this and doing that and judging women who do this and do that, but it takes two to tango. Always has, always will. And if you aren't ready for that lifestyle, if you're not about that life like you think you are, stop judging the people who are. Because if a woman, I'm telling you now, if a woman that I'm attracted to and is attracted to me is like, so what's up? I'm not going to look, I'm not going to say, wow, how many guys has she asked this? Or wow, what is, you know, if, if I'm experiencing something from this woman that is, Pleasing to me, I'm not going to say, wow, I wonder who taught her this. Wow, where'd she get this from? I'm going to sit back and fucking enjoy it. And that's the point. Enjoy the fact that women are willing to be sexual and physical and intimate with you. Because if that's what you want, you should enjoy it. But if you're too hung up on where she got it from before, who she's been with before, who she's going to be with after, then you're wasting everybody's time. And that's why it just feels like, you know, people are just picking on Chloe Bailey because, you know, she's a, she's the hot young flavor of the moment. And people are just so ready to look down their noses at someone else instead of, you know, sweeping around their own front door. And that doesn't do anybody any favors. And you all should be ashamed of yourselves. And you need to do better. Men and women, but mostly men. Of course, the other big news in these United States of America, which is where this podcast is based, of course... The alleged soon indictment and arrest of one 45th president of these United States of America. Of course, we're talking about the orange guy who is facing, uh, I don't know if it's racketeering charges or money laundering um, charges in New York City. I haven't paid close enough attention because I'm at the point now where if this dude was going to go under or be face any consequences for his actions, it would have been happened. So... I guess my thing is people choose what they want to be outraged about. And it always seems to be something stupid when it comes to how people choose to express their outrage and indignity about indignance about the indignities that someone else is facing. As a black man, I couldn't care any less about this dude possibly being locked up and fingerprinted than I care about macaroni and cheese. And yes, if you're from, if you're not familiar with Chris Stevens, if you're not familiar with this podcast, macaroni and cheese is one of the main things that I just don't fuck with as a meal. In fact, I put it on my dating profile like, please, for the love of God, if, you're, if we're going to go out for dinner, don't be upset that I'm not eating macaroni and cheese because it just does not work for me. But anyway, back to the point. If this dude really does get arrested and charged, then, I mean, we still have to have a trial. And is that trial going to be concluded in time for him to be convicted and then be disqualified from running again for president of the United States? My answer, my guess to that is probably no. 
Because where are we now? We are in we're in March of 2023. Most people start to announce their runs in presidential primary years, like around, I don't know, August, June, July, August-ish. So I don't, you know, feel like that's going to be something that is going to be able to, I mean, while he has the right to a speedy trial, if he is indicted, that, you know, you know, he's going to drag it out. And even if he does, and if he's getting, but it would be interesting that if he does get convicted, (laughs) that, you know, this, you know, he's, you know, while he's, you know, running against Sleepy Joe and all of that other stuff. And it, it ends up being like, well, you can't run anyway because you're a convicted felon. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, that would be hilarious. But being black in America, I've just seen white people get away with shit for too long. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if there's a dude who literally broke laws, you know, that. Normal American citizens would, you know, be locked up for at least black American citizens. And then these white dudes and white people get off scot-free doesn't really, you know, job well. I don't I don't I don't see it like my cynicism is just rooted in the fact that I've just seen too many white people get away with murder, among other things, and just not feeling like. They'll ever face consequences for everything that they've done to black Americans and black people in general. And I'm not including other races in this because I'm a black man and I'm just talking about black people. And I've said, as I said before on this podcast, white supremacy has done such a number on Latinos, Asians, Eastern Asians, Western or um, European, European Indians. And all of that, that they feel like they are that much better than black people that white people won't turn on them as soon as they get a chance. I mean, we had so much, you know, over the last few months in recent years about attack anti anti Asian American sentiment. Um, Latinos have been getting it for years. Like white people used to call them wetbacks for crying out loud. Still do. Still do. But. Everyone is trained, focused on, and white white people said, oh, no, 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 no. See, you know what's the problem? The niggers. The niggers are the problem. Go get the niggers. And we've been paying for it for 400 years. And nobody seems to get that white people are only looking out for their best interests. And that's what's so frustrating about the lack of solidarity between different ethnicities and races because White people have trained everybody else's eye to just look at black people as a problem everywhere we go. Like, I'll never forget, this was years ago, like, probably 2000, yeah, it was probably 2007, not too long before I left Delaware for the first time, um, before I took a job in Maryland. And my mom used to like to um, play the um, lot. And we went to a um, store where, it was, I can't remember if it was if it was they were Latino or Eastern Indian. But I remember them saying, as soon as me and my mom walked in the door, oh, the niggers are here. Or it was like, uh-oh, the niggers are here. Me and my mom turned right back around. Walked right back out. Aiming back in that store since. Can't even tell you where it is now. Because it's just the principle of the whole thing. And I think what bothers me so much about it is 
they don't like y'all either. They really don't. White people only care about each other. And they and even they have camps within their camps. Like they don't, I mean, where do you think the term trailer park trash came from? Where do you think, you know, to-do families came from? Well, to-do families came from. Like, they have camps within their own camp. And no one seems to understand that we can't do the same shit. Which is why it really irritates me that homophobia and misogyny are trademarks of the black community. And no, I'm not saying we didn't. I'm not saying we invented this shit. But we definitely adopted it. We absolutely adopted it. Like, there was like there was a woman who I had a, you know, a not so nice conversation on a dating app with, and she called me gay. Didn't bother me because I know I'm not. But I did call her out and I said, casual homophobia, not a good look for you. And she's like, well, why are you acting gay? That was the end of that conversation. So why we do this to each other, knowing that white people are the root of all of this shit? Like, they started racism. I mean, they brought us over on slave ships. They had Japanese folks in concentration camps. I mean, they have been keeping Latino people in cages. 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 For years. But they got everybody else trained on black people. Like, we're the problem. And it makes me sick. So that's why I'm not too, you know, gung-ho about, you know, 45 getting locked up and facing any charges because white people never face consequences for anything they did. That's why, you know, a lot of my spiritual faith is like, yeah, that's why a lot of my, you know, feeling like, you know, they'll eventually have some reckoning. is just like, yeah, because they haven't yet. Like the closest, I mean, they just haven't faced it. I mean, they just get away with, you know, just treating people any kind of way, you know, Power structures, good old boy and good old girl networks, white women using their frailty to their imagined frailty, I'll say, to, you know, cause hell for everybody else because, oh, my God, a black man walked by me or, oh, a white woman or a black woman told me not to touch her hair. Oh, or, oh, or a Latino woman told me not to ask her how many kids she has. You know, just that type of bullshit. And no one seems to understand that. What they're doing is what they've been doing all along, just showing you who they are. They only care about themselves. And even sometimes they don't care about themselves because, again, you know, doc, it wasn't it wasn't black, you know, radicalism that got Dr. King killed. It was the fact that he was rallying poor white people, too. So that's why it really doesn't move my needle when people are talking about, oh, the 45th president of the United States is going to be indicted on this charge. He'll be arrested this day. And fingerprinted that day. And, my, and another thing. When's the last time you heard somebody get to be scheduled to be arrested? Be for real. Black people and other people get their doors kicked in at a moment's notice. This dude, and for this dude, it's like, oh, we'll arrest him this day. Or that day. Or whatever day. And it's like, be for real. Y'all ain't, ain't slick. That's why it doesn't bother me. I mean, it just doesn't, you know... It's not like I'm not getting excited about it. I'm not holding any parties because, I mean, what are the odds that this man is actually going to face any sort of consequences? And the people who are still on his side are still going to go out there and end up getting shot by police for them, for him. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And for people to act like this dude is just above reproach 
just shows that my my cynicism is justified. Because if this dude was any was any imminent danger as he's being presented, they would have been locked his ass up. But they haven't yet. And even if they do, where are the odds that he actually, you know, gets convicted and is banned from running for president? Slim and none. And Slim is just waiting for the day he'll get arrested. If that day ever comes. Don't want to spend too much time on this podcast because I like to limit myself to 30 to 40 minutes an episode because, well, who wants to listen to me talk by myself for 35, 40 minutes or an hour every week? I don't think y'all do. So I try to, you know, make these episodes short and sweet unless I have a guest on. Then we can talk all day long because the conversation's always good and it's flowing. So hopefully I will have some guests on this podcast soon, especially, you know, with a lot of, you know, different music coming out, a lot of TV shows to discuss. You know, different facets of life that I want to get other people's viewpoints on, especially writers, because if you're not familiar with my work, I am a journalist. In fact, I am once again back on the uh, freelance circuit. I'm actually contributing opinion, not opinion pieces, but features and different things for HBCUsports.com. I want to shout out Cameron Shad for giving me an opportunity to get myself back in the game because I was out of the game for a while because of a couple of different jobs. But now I have some free time. I'm ready to be back doing what I actually love to do. And hopefully I can turn this into something that is a career that I have once had earlier in this century. It's so interesting because I vote for uh, all state high school basketball here in Delaware. You know, I've covered it A to Z on my own time. Um, First state hoops report is my baby. Um, I'll, if you guys are interested in that, I'll be glad to share that you know, link with y'all if you ask me. Um, and the president of our, lo- our local sports writers and media association said, if there was any justice in the world, you would be in a newspaper three or four days a week. He said this to me about me. And it's probably the greatest compliment that I could get at this point in my life. And it was something that I needed to hear just from an affirmation standpoint, because when things don't go right, when sh- when sugar turns to shit, you're looking for anything that, you know, something to give you a reason to live, something to give you a reason to keep going. And when someone who's been at this longer than you've been alive, someone who appreciates what you bring to the table says that you deserve a place in this game, which is something I've always known because I've always been a damn good sports writer. It's just that the sports writing opportunities just aren't as plentiful as they were when I first started way back in the year of our Lord, 2002. So trying to color life for myself out of what I do best and what I love to do best, which is report and write and podcast. And I want to get back to my own creative writing too. Um, I talked so much about, you know, different books that I've read, you know, different, you know, authors that I follow and who follow me. You know, I was on the Cold Falls, Falls in Love podcast a long time ago. Um, she was on. She came on here with mine once upon a time. You know, we were talking WNBA though. But it is my goal to get back to my creative writing. I even have an idea for a novel that's based around you know a romance scenario from from a, from a college perspective. And I just got to stop talking myself out of shit and just write the damn book because I've written eleven so far. I'll share those links with y'all if y'all are interested as well. And um, that's my goal to have. Writers from different stripes, you know, fictional writers, journalists, sports writers like myself, you know, essayists, poets, 
have people on here to talk about writing. So Get Right To It is going to try to live up to the name, even though I still plan to talk about, you know, just culture, lifestyle, society and things in general. I still hope to I hope to get my writing crew, my communications and media crew, my sports journalism crew and all these people on here. So you can hear these great perspectives about the sports writing industry, the journalism industry, the art form of writing romance novels or just novels, period. That is my hope and prayer that this podcast, you know, has some guests on Pretty Dog. So I had a couple people who were interested. I just haven't had a chance to get back to them. But it is my hope that I get back to them soon and we can get this show on the road. So I think, yeah, I feel like where I am right now, it's definitely a crossroads for me because I've done so much. What what I've done so, the last 10 years of my life, going back to when I was a PIO at a local community college, that job was shit. I worked at a library for four and a half years. It was a wonder I didn't get fired for swinging on somebody, cussing somebody out. And then, of course, this most recent foolishness, which I'm not even really ready to talk about yet. But honestly, I'm tired of not doing what I love and not getting paid for it. I'm good at what I do. I'm a da- I'm a damn good writer. I'm a damn good reporter. I love sports. Um, I have a knowledge about music that I feel like is pretty solid. And I also love the automotive industry. Somebody should hire me for one or all three of these shits. And that's going to be something that I'm working on speaking into existence and working into existence. Like HBCU Sports, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Hopefully it turns into something long term. Even if it doesn't, it's still something that I can look back on or at least, you know, use as examples like, hey, I know how to do this. You should hire me to do this. And just putting that, putting those things out there because... I've done so what's so much of what I've done in my work life the last decade has just been what someone else wants and what you know and lying to somebody else's pockets. And well, even though as a journalist, I would still be working for another organization, but I just want to be respected for what I do at the end of the day. And I have not felt that at any job I've had in the last 10 years. And that's something that I really want to put into the universe that I want to be good at, that I'm great at what I do, that I want to make a living from it and be respected for it from a journalism standpoint. From a creative writing standpoint, I just got to get my head on my ass and write the shit. So we'll see what happens. So that's the welcome back episode of Get Right To It. Uh, Thank y'all for listening as always. uh, Damn, I can't even use the anchor thing right now. Um, Just search for Get Right To It on Spotify. It's G-E- G-E-T-W-R-I-T-T-O-I-T, just as a sentence, you know, get space, right, space to space it. You can find it there. You can find me on the Twitter machine as well. CJ writes and things, C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N-T-H-A-N-G-S. And if you want to reach out to me on any particular questions, comments, or concerns, or if you're interested in being a guest, I have an email address you can reach me at Chris Stevens writes, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening to Get Right To It. Hopefully I won't leave you guys again for two months. Next episode should be next week. So thank you all for listening. Y'all take care of yourselves out there. Next time, next time we speak, y'all get up. Peace up. Or I should say it like this. Until the next time we speak, y'all stay up. Peace out. There we go.